Dr. Warren E. Meeks Sr. presents this inspirational, challenging, and life-changing message to encourage, inspire, and motivate you to keep marching towards your destiny. Now, Dr. Warren E. Meeks Sr. Amen. Let's put our hands together for our wonderful Dr. Meeks who showed up. Amen. God bless him. God bless you, Dr. Meeks. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'd just like to quickly recap. My time is limited, so I'd like to recap. But we're, we're ministering the word tonight, a call to godly living. Amen? A call to godly living. And I'd like to just briefly recap, if I will, and just go over and touch some points that uh, Dr. Meeks and the previous speakers have brought out. And I'd like for you to go with me to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 7. Amen. And when you get there, let me know you're there just by giving me a hearty amen. All right. All right. Second Corinthians chapter seven in the very first verse begins by saying, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Amen. And what I get is that that is my responsibility. It says, let us therefore cleanse ourselves. Amen. Let us cleanse our spirit. Let us cleanse ourselves, our flesh, perfecting, which means to mature. Okay. when, when, When you see that word here where it says perfect, it's not talking about being an absolutely perfect vessel without making mistake. Now, there's a difference between error and sin. But here, perfecting means let us mature ourselves. Let us cleanse ourselves. Amen. Let us mature ourselves in holiness, in the fear of God. So whose responsibility is it then? Mine. Mine. The Holy Spirit will lead me. The Holy Spirit will direct me. But it becomes my responsibility. It's my action. Amen. Let us go then to 1 John. 1 John 2. Let's see, 1 John 2, and I'm just briefly recapping. I just want to go back over because the first thing I want all of us to understand is that it's our responsibility to begin to mature ourselves through the word, to cleanse ourselves from all filthiness in the flesh and in the spirit. It's our responsibility, okay? When we come into into the gospel, when we come into the word of God, the Holy Spirit will lead and direct but it's my responsibility. It's my action. Amen. Okay, let me get to where I, where I told you to go. I said First John. Amen. First John two, and I'm getting there. First John, the second chapter. Let's start at the fifteenth verse. Oh, wait a minute. First John. I don't know why I got my little handy dandy Bible. You know, because as you get older. Seem like the words start colliding together, but amen, I'm all right. First John, the second chapter, 15th verse, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Okay. If any man love the world, the love of the father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father, but is of the world. Amen. So it's important that we understand that we get 
the correct understanding of the things that are in the world. Now, God said the, the, the earth is his in the fullness thereof. So the earth is the world and the world is the earth. And we need things. Things help us to be able to live this life. But God wants us to make sure we have our priorities correct. Amen. He wants us to love him. He wants us to honor him. He wants us to serve him and not serve the things in the world. Amen. We can't get so engulfed and emotionally tied to worldly goods. Amen. Because when we become emotionally attached to worldly goods, to homes, into cars, into jobs, we then lose sight of what we're supposed to be doing for God. We lose sight of being here in church when we're supposed to be and doing the things that we're supposed to be doing for God. Amen. So God has given us specific instruction. He said, don't love that stuff. Don't fall in love. He said, I understand you have need of things, of these things. He understands that. But it's important that we keep things in their perspective order. Amen. Is that all right? Okay, now go with me to James. Let's take a look at James. Briefly just taking a recap, we're talking about a call to godly living. Godly living means that now that I've come into the church and into God, I must continue to renew my mind and learn God's ways, okay? And, and I remember hearing, are we, are we worldly Christians or are we the Christians that God wants us to be? I remember hearing that when this first started. Amen. So it's important that we make sure that we put on the minds of Christ and think the way Christ thinks, behave the way Christ behaved. Amen. All right. So what I said, I said, James, James four. Amen. When you get there, say amen. I'm catching up. I'm catching up. James four. I'll start at the fourth verse. And it says, ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Now, here we go again, talking about this worldly thing again. Here it is again. It's saying that friendship with the world is enmity with God. Well, what is enmity? What does that mean? It's, it means enemy. It means enemy. So therefore, the scripture is telling us if we befriend and we are friends to the capacity to where we're not doing what the word of God says and doing what God says, we're, in, we're enemies of God. Amen. And it says that to, to be that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Okay, so we have to make sure, again, we're talking about perspective. We're talking about the order of God. Okay, God is not, this scripture is not telling us that we shouldn't go out and not be speaking to people in the world. It's not telling us that we should be thinking that we're better than people in the world and that we should just be walking around like, oh, I'm saved and I'm sanctified and I should not befriend this person. Okay, that's not what it's saying. It's again, it's talking about keeping the order. Yeah, we should be friendly because how else is people going to be saved? If we're not speaking to people, if we're not, uh, uh, you know, being friendly and showing ourselves friendly, how else will the world be saved? Because people don't want to see a, a Christian who got their nose up in the air that's walking around thinking that they're better than. Okay, but in the same in the same breath, it's important that we represent Christ. We're representatives of Christ. Amen. Christ, he walked with the sinner. He loved the sinner. Amen. But yet he had standards. 
Amen. He had standards of excellence. So he walked with them. He talked with them, but he still maintained his standards. So here, this scripture is telling us, yes, you will be around them in the workplace. You will be around them in the marketplace. Those, the people of the world. Amen. But it's important to maintain standards, integrity, a Christian lifestyle. Amen. All right. And I'm going to go on to verse seven and eight. It says, verse seven says, same, same chapter, James five, or I'm sorry, James four, verse seven, submit yourselves therefore to God. And I'm going to stop right there. Submit yourselves. That means come in agreement with God. Well, how do I come into agreement with God evangelist? Well, I, I, I break open my word. I get into the church I do the things, I come into the church as often as I can, I stay committed, I stay grounded, I read, I learn of God, and I learn of the principles of God, all right? And I come in agreement with these things. The more I'm exposed to the ways of God, the more I learn the very nature of God. The more I learn the very nature of God, the more I learn to act and behave as God would have me to act and behave, amen? So it says to submit, come up under, uh, come into agreement. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. It says, resist the devil and he will flee. And resist means to oppose. So I hear some people just thinking to themselves, well, you know, that's easier said than done. You know, because when it comes time to do certain things and it comes time to really maintain these standards of God, it gets a little challenging. Amen? But it says that if you would submit... And that if you would stay in compliance, and we've got some spiritual tools, we've got uh, some weapons of warfare, and they are not carnal. They're mighty through God to the, pull down, to the pulling down of strongholds. Strongholds are vices. Strongholds are things that try to grip you. Addiction, relationships, old ways of, old ways of doing things. These things try to hold us and keep us from submitting to God. But if you grab those weapons of warfare, which are fasting, prayer, reading the word, gathering around the fellowship of saints, and being around and exposing yourself to these things, if you grab a hold to your, your praise, your worship, if you get these weapons, weapons of warfare, if you get them, then you will be able to submit to the things of God. Amen? So when you submit, because see, the, the scripture gives direction. It gives order. It says, first, submit then resist the devil. Because when I submit to God, that means I'm being obedient to God. And when I'm being obedient to God, I empower myself. Amen. So when I submit, then I can resist the enemy. And it says he'll flee. Now, is this a one-time thing? Do I just resist one time and it's over? Nah, Jack, because he coming back. The enemy coming back. And you better believe the enemy knows what you like. He know your flavor. He know your style. He knows what you want. And he comes back with those exact things. But if you would submit to the ways of God and bring this body under subjection, bring this mind under subjection through word, through the word and through, through fasting, through prayer. Amen. Then you can, sub, you can submit and resist the devil. Amen. All right. I want to go into some new information because my time is winding up. Amen. Let's look at, go back to 2 Corinthians 5 for me. 2 Corinthians 5. Let's see here. When you get there, say amen. Amen. We got some quick folks. Boy, y'all get there quick. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. Amen. It says, therefore, if any man, 
any man, white man, black man, one man, any man, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Amen. All things become new. So what I'm, what I'm hearing from the word of God, from the scripture, is that as I continue to position myself here in the word of God, around the saints of God, learning the ways of God, therefore carrying the very nature of God, then my way of thinking becomes new. When my way of thinking becomes new, my body's got to line up. Amen. But I've got to expose myself and my thoughts to some new information. Okay, so when we come into the church and we, we, we come into the church and, you know, for whatever reasons we, we land here at the church, we land here at Newborn Fellowship Christian Center. Amen. We can't come and just sit on the pew. We can't come and not break open the word. We can't come and just be visiting. We got to come and we got to begin to learn of God through the word of God. We got to begin to exercise the principles and the precepts of God. Amen. Because when I start to do that, see, the scripture says old things have become new, but it just don't magically happen. It's not magically delicious, my dear. It's something that I got to put some effort into. I got to apply myself with some purposeful effort. Okay. So it says that I am a new creature. I've made a decision. So I come to the altar. I give my life to the Lord. I make a decision. Along with that decision, I got to do some things because it's like a lifestyle. Amen. Athletes, they have certain lifestyles. Athletes eat a particular way. I'm talking about some serious athletes. Athletes eat certain things. They eat protein and, you know, they're building up muscle mass and they're going to the gym and they're talking football talk or wrestling talk or whatever it is that they're talking. They're putting themselves in certain conferences. Why? Because they want to continuously expose themselves to that information. They want to continuously renew themselves. They want to continuously sharpen themselves. Amen. And it's the same with us. When we enter into this lifestyle, we have to continuously renew ourselves, continuously renew our minds with the things that I told you, with the reading of the word, with the prayer, the fasting and fellowship of the saints. Amen. And then old things, you start to see old behaviors just fall off. You start to walk a little bit different. You start to walk in your deliverance. Amen. So it's important that you understand that this is a lifestyle that requires some effort on our behalf. Amen? Amen. All right, let's take a look at Galatians 5. Go to Galatians, the fifth chapter. And we're going to start at the 16th verse. I've got it in the Amplified, and I'm going to read it in the Amplified. And it's going to break down the difference between worldly living, because we're talking about a call to godly living. We're talking about the difference between godly, a godly lifestyle and a worldly lifestyle. Amen. Amen. You there? All right. I'm going on into the Amplified. Uh, Verse 16 starts out, but I say, walk, walk. Now, Pastor Celeste pointed out last week how walking is behavior. Okay, walking one foot in front of the other, where I walk, my feet guide where I'm headed. My feet guide my direction in life. My feet point me in certain directions. So if I want to maintain a certain lifestyle, then my feet better be pointing toward the direction of the church. My feet better be pointing toward these godly type things. Okay, so a walk is a continuous behavior. But I say walk and live habitually in the Holy Spirit. Now, remember, I told y'all I'm reading out of Amplified. Okay, so just follow with me. 
responsive to and controlled and guided by the spirit, by the Holy Spirit. Okay. I'm guided by and controlled by the Holy Spirit. Then you will certainly not gratify the cravings and the desires of the flesh, which is human nature without God. Amen. So let me just point this out that when you make the decision to come in and live a godly lifestyle, the flesh still has its cravings. The flesh still try to draw you back sometime. The flesh still try to take you back down those avenues that you came from. But it's important. It says to habitually live in the spirit. Well, how do I habitually live in the spirit? I've explained it. You maintain that purposeful effort in gathering around the fellowship of the saints, the fellowship of God, breaking open the word, hearing the word, obeying the direction and the order of the word. So I'm habitually putting myself in the spirit, in the Holy Spirit. That's what I'm living. Amen. 17 says, for the desires of the flesh are opposed to the Holy Spirit. The desires of the flesh are the opposite of the Holy Spirit. You got that? And the desires of the spirit are opposed to the flesh, which is godless human nature. For these are antagonistic to each other. That means that they're at war with one another. Amen. So you ever felt conflicted like, dog, I want, I want to do, I, I want to be right. I, I want to do this. But yet there's something that just keeps pulling and drawing at me, trying to take me back another way. They're at war with one another. And this war happens in the members of myself, the members of my mind, the members of my body. Amen. They're antagonistic. So they're fighting one another. All right. So it says that so that you are not free, but are prevented from doing what you desire to do. So it says that if they're at, if they're at war and I'm constantly going back and forth and I'm constantly unstable and I'm double minded, and I'm thinking one way and then I'm the next day I'm thinking another way. I'm not free. I'm not free. There's no freedom there. So it says I'm not free. I'm prevented from doing what I really want to do. And what causes that? Not habitually living in the spirit. All right. So habitually means on purpose. I I continuously do this. Okay. Now, if you are guided and led by the Holy Spirit, you are not subject to the law. Now, the doings and the practices of the flesh are clear. They are immorality, impurity, indecency, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, which is ill temper. I can't kick, I can't manage my, my temper. I can't get a hold of it. Selfishness, divisions, party spirit, factions. Factions is, is a spirit that causes conflict in an organization. Well, I don't know why they doing that. Well, why would they do that for? That's factions. Amen. That's people that are in an organization. I don't care what organization it is. People that are in an organized religious organization or, an, or a job. And you coming against the, the set order and you coming against the leadership. It says these are the works of the flesh. Peculiar opinions and heresies, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. It says, I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which his presence within accomplishes. It says, it's his presence within me that accomplishes this work. The fruit is love, unconditional love. Amen. We love one another. We display love for one another. Love and joy, peace, even temper, 
kindness, goodness, faithfulness, charitable acts, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there are no law. And I just want to add to that, that these works in Galatian, you see the difference between the works of the flesh and the works of the Holy Spirit. People come to me and say, you know, I have a very hard time doing that. I have a difficult time. It's so hard for me to do it. But if you go to Proverbs 13 and 15, in the, in the second part of the 15th verse of Proverbs, it says, the ways of a transgressor are hard. That's all that's hard is the ways of a transgressor. It's not hard to habitually live in the spirit, but on purpose, we got to come to church, Bible study. We got to be here. Why? Because this keeps me with a God consciousness. This keeps me close to God so that when I get ready to try to think of something different, I can't because I have a God consciousness. Okay. So these are the things that keep us close to God, that keep us habitually living in the spirit so that we can duplicate the works of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit. So it's not hard to do it. The book of Philippians says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I believe that I can do all things. So I believe the word when it tells me that if I just use my weapons and keep myself habitually in the spirit, that I will practice the things of God. Amen. Thank you for supporting the media ministry of Newborn Fellowship Christian Center. One church in two locations. Senior Pastor Dr. Warren E. Meeks Sr. and Pastor Perdita Meeks. Dr. Meeks would love for you to visit and fellowship when you are in the Rochester, New York area. For service times or to order other inspiring messages or books, please write to P.O. Box 1109, Webster, New York 14580. Or call our office at 585-342-5020. Or visit us online at www.newbornfellowship.org.